Hey everyone. Hey This is uh, Talk Bookie to Me. Um, it's a discussion-based podcast all about books and book-related things. I'm one host, Aaron. And I'm Felicia. And this is our final episode for December, so this is our monthly wrap-up. It's our final episode of the year. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, so um, we just put out a bonus episode um, that was our um, basically book of the year awards, uh, essentially, where we decided our uh, official top bookie to me book of each month and the book of the year. Um, and then we gave some superlatives and did all that fun stuff, set our goals for next year. Uh, so if you're wanting to get a fairly long, deep dive into our year and our thoughts on books this year, that would be the place to go for that. Um, but this episode is specifically going to be wrapping up December. So we're going to start off with a little bit of news, move into some books that we picked up this month, um, and then talk about the stuff we've read, give a few superlatives, and then uh, probably just wrap up with a few random recommendations. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, do you have any uh, news for us? I do. Um, so Barnes & Noble every year announces their best book of the year. Mm-hmm. This past year, or 2023, the book of the year was Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. The author of the year, oof, was whoever wrote The Wager, a yeah. nonfiction book, about mutiny, was it mutiny and mutiny, mayhem? Mutiny, murder, or mayhem. Like some, I can't yeah. remember the tagline. So, um, also, lithub.com compiled a list of 62 best of lists, and Heaven and Earth Grocery Store had the most um, mentions on a list at 20. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a book that I've been wanting to look into because, mm-hmm. from what I understand, it's a little magical realism, right? That's what I, I think, think so. Yeah. And, uh, it seems pretty good. It got a lot of good attention. Um, mm-hmm. Cover's pretty nice as well. It just seems right up my alley. Yeah, so. it sounds. It sounded exactly like something you'd like. Absolutely, yeah. And then so, we've talked about the wager. Yeah, the wager a seems lot. great. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've got a couple pieces of news. Uh, the first one is the Percy Jackson show uh, actually aired on December nineteenth. Since we recorded our mid month episode. Yeah, it's on Disney+. Plus. Um, this is one of those rare ones where it seems like the adaptation is doing well. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 96% critical score and a 7.7 on IMDb. Well, you can only go up considering the movies were kind of meh. Right. Well, I get I mean, you say that, but then there's a lot of books that have just terrible show adaptations. That's true. So it's like, it's, it's but kind it of But it kind of falls in that same vein of like City of Bones where like mm. the movie was just not good right the show is so good yeah yeah for sure yeah i think some some things need to be a show yeah absolutely and And some shows need to be movies (laughs) (laughs) it seems like they did it right with this one um my other piece of news which is going to come up a little bit later as well i wrote this before i purchased this book uh (laughs) heartstopper volume five came out on december 19th um so this is the uh penultimate is that the term for the one before the last one? I, think. I don't know. All right, so there's... This all, is the one before the last the one. The one before the <laughs> last So, uh, Heartstopper is the um, the young adult uh, graphic novel um, about uh, two uh, high school kids that fall in love, basically, and kind of navigating what that means. Um, it blew up. There's a TV show adaptation on Netflix that did pretty well. Uh, volume 5 came out. Volume 6 is going to be the final volume, and I don't know if that has a release date yet. I didn't see one whenever I compiled this news, um, but again, that'll come up a little bit later as well. So what we did was, if you guys listened to the mid-month episode, what we did was we purchased 
12 book-related gifts for each other, and we do the 12 days of Christmas. When the last episode came out, we had just opened up the first book on the 14th, mm-hmm. um, and we got 11 other gifts after that. Yep. So I have... I just figured I'd have the t- the title or the subject, yeah, and we could go back and forth and talk that, about what. That we sounds got. great, yeah, because I didn't write the subject <laughs> down for each of them. I got it. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, so for pirate book, um, if you remember, I got Center's Isle by Angela Montoya, and I got Cinnamon and Gunpowder by Eli Brown. We talked about that one in the mm-hmm. mid month. And um, the next uh, day, we did Obama book pick. I got Candy House by Jennifer Egan. And I got Pachinko by Min Jin Lee and Sixth Extinction by Elizabeth uh, Calbert, I believe. Uh, do we want to talk about these a little bit? or That's up to you. Okay. I mean, I don't, I, I don't have a I don't remember lot. any of them. I don't have a ton of information. I'll, I, I'll throw in that Sixth Extinction sounded interesting because it's a book that's sort of predicting the next extinction event that it will occur, yeah, essentially. So it was a nonfiction book that I took a risk on. Mm-hmm. Because, well, first of all, there's an elephant on the cover. Right, yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. And then I <laughs> and then I looked at the back, and it was really interesting. And it talked about, you know, extinction events. And it talked about how, um, like, it listed facts as to why we were in an extinction event. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you guys pay any attention to any kind of environmental scientist at all, yeah, it's, I mean, climate change is part of that extinction event. Absolutely, yeah. So... And- because I took a risk on that, I also got him Pachinko, which I knew he would like. I just didn't know it was going to be like 500 pages. Yeah, it's a pretty big book. It's a generational um, kind of legacy type book. I don't know exactly how else to put it. But what book did you have for this one? I can give a little detail about it if you know. Candy House. Yeah, Candy House is that one that's a it's a weird structure. Um, that's right. Yeah, it has a lot of like, I was nervous about getting you that one because it's got a lot of weird structural components to it. Um, it's not written in just like straightforward paragraph separated prose. Um, there's a lot of like very odd stuff. Um, I think there's like some interjections with like, I think emails, there might even be some like poetry in there. There's interjections for like letter formatting. So it's a little bit epistolary. There's, uh, I was nervous about it because there's a lot of weird kind of forms that it takes. So it's not a very straightforward novel in that sense, but again, it's on the Obama book list. So it fit. Right. Um, so then the next day we did book with the number three in the title. Uh, mine was Three Blind Mice and Other Stories by Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. So um, we we did like these these little hints and stuff like that. Yeah. And and just one of the hints was like, oh, this is just a Three Blind Mice retelling. <laughs> um, and it was kind of a joke, but I forgot that Agatha Christie did a book of short stories and Three Blind Mice. Mm-hmm. And I nailed it. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about Agatha Christie a little bit. I'm super interested in reading some more of her stuff. And you you read one of hers. Was it the Murder Uh, on the the Orient Express? Yeah. Um, So I got Three Small Bones by Jennifer Chase. I'll be honest, I don't remember much about this except it's sad. Fire and they they find bones that look like they did not die in the fire. Yeah, yeah. And they start doing an investigation around that. Yeah, it was super sad. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really good for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it might be easier to explain each other's other's books, actually. Probably so, yeah. So, Book Talk Book was day four. Um, this is just one that we got recommended on Book Talk. You know, we typed in. I what I did was I typed in Book Talk, and mm-hmm. then I watched the first video. Um, the first video 
Well, I'll start with what I got. So I got from Aaron Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I remember what it's about. But I very vaguely do. It's a it's magical realism. I know yeah. that it's about like a sort of like a mystical library setting. After you pass, right, and then you get to figure out what li- what like you could see what your life was like behind. Is that the book? I think behind so. Door number one I'm, or I, door number two? I'm not totally sure. All I know is that it's very polarizing. Like some yeah. people absolutely love it. Some people say it's not good at I guess all. We'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to it. And um, then you got what? Yeah, I got two for that one as well. Uh, I got Heartstopper, Volume 1 through 4, um, and then I also got uh, The Way I Used to Be by, uh, by Amber Smith. So Heartstopper is by Alice, I think it's Oseman, I think I added an L in there. Um, but yeah, Heartstopper, like I said earlier, is young adult uh, graphic novel about uh, two teenagers that fall in love and navigating what that means and coming to terms with their sexuality and um, just sort of navigating bullying and self-harm and eating disorders and uh, there's a trigger warnings abound for this book it handles all these subjects in a very sensitive way but i'll I'll get into more depth of that once we get to what we've read uh day five was a book related gift i received red rising the board game which i'm really excited about (laughs) we just need to oh we could bring that tomorrow and play and make my brother play absolutely (laughs) should yeah, because we—if you've listened to our podcast at all—we've we've talked about Red Rising. We Until love Red I'm blue Rising. In the face. Yeah, it's it, well, it was one of our favorite books of last of this it year. It was our favorite book. Do you want to give that away? You want to spoil it? They should have listened to it. <laughs> I know, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they made a board game, a tabletop version of it, sort of that incorporates some characters from other games mm-hmm. as well. So I'm hoping it doesn't spoil too much overall. Other books. Yep. Um. And then I got uh, I got bookshelves for yeah. my book related gift. You needed them. Yeah, I I don't have enough bookshelves in my place, and uh, the room where we record in actually there are just books kind of scattered yeah. in stacks around. And the I room. look at them every time I come over. Yeah, and, and the, so I was like, no, I gotta get bookshelves. Yeah, which we gotta make some room for them, but we got that. Um, what was the what was the next week? Um, book that takes place in a day. Mm-hmm. I got a spark of light by Jody Picoult. Um, this one is about a protest at a woman's clinic. Yeah. And they're, well, no, like a hostage situation, more like a, it's a, more than a protest. It's, it's like a, a hostage situation. Yeah, it's a hostage yeah. situation at a woman's clinic. Yeah, and it's like a group of people. From what I understand, it seems like there might be some flashbacks incorporated. Yeah, and the but... cop that is the hostage negotiator finds out that his 15 year old daughter or 14 year old daughter is in the clinic yeah yeah so it and it takes place kind of a closed door secluded Mm -hmm. area sort of narrative um i got binti um you have a problem with this because now you've read some of it (laughs) and come to find out it doesn't take place in a day right so okay, so I got I got the book Binti by uh, Needy Okorafor. I probably mispronounced that horribly. Um, this is a book. It's a trilogy of novellas. They're um, Afrofuturist novellas, so they're like sci-fi um, from an African African American perspective. Um, I've read the first novella, and I'm probably like three quarters of the way through the second right, and one. And they already <laughs> talked about how it's a three day journey to their village, right? So that's how you know it. Does, maybe the third one takes place in one day. The third one might. I don't know. Um, the first one, I can understand. Well, I can understand why they said that. Okay, let me let me make this clear. Okay. Well, also let me clarify this bit as well. So in in the binti in the first one, the way it's separated, they have binti, then they have binti. 
colon home, and then they have Benty colon the Night Masquerade. Those are technically the three novellas. Now the Benty home, or no, the Benty, the first one, has a second section. I think that second section is the new story that's been added. Oh. I think it's an expansion of the first novella. If that's the case, then that first novella does take place in a day. No, it doesn't. It takes seven days to get from her home to the school. I take it back. You're right. The majority of the action they takes... Lied. The majority of the action takes place in a day. So, on page, it's a day. It feels like it. Off page, yeah. it's a few days. Okay, look. It doesn't matter. To the point the, where the... I don't want to ruin it. This is one of my favorite things I've read this month, so it doesn't matter to me. I'm glad I got it. Yeah, I love I just, it. I got lied to. That's all. All right, that's fine. Well, and I, and I will get back to that for sure because I <laughs> I'm still in the middle of it, but I absolutely love these. So, all right. <laughs> Anyways, it's fine. So the, the next day was urban legend and or cryptozoology. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what that means, it's cryptids. So um, like a folklore, like the or Sasquatch t- type things. Sa- Sasquatch, um, Mothman, mermaids, uh, yeah. Sire- yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, jackalopes. So <laughs> giant, giant birds. <laughs> let me let me rewind back to the book that takes place in a day. Snakes and lizards. So this thing. Okay. All right, go. This thing that I did was I do these really corny poems on the front of all the books, and for the di- the book that takes place in a day, um, I rhymed. I hope it's not too difficult, <laughs> but at least it's not a book by Jody Pickholt. Yeah. And then I opened my book, and it's a book by Jody Picoult. So yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's so crazy! We're gonna, we're eventually gonna get to the point where we buy each other the same book." Mm-hmm. Okay. So this next day was the Urban Legend Cryptozoology book, and I got into the Drowning Deep by Myra Grant, mm-hmm. um, which is about the, um, oh my gosh, what's that called? Mermaid. The trench. Mariana's trench. Yes, yeah. about the Mariana's trench. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even remember that bit. And that's where the the deep mm-hmm. yeah. is, and that's where the mermaids are. I'm even more terrified now. Yeah, I'm excited. Like one of my biggest phobias ever is deep water. Yeah. I can't stand it. You, we see those like north, oh, I hate it too. We watch those North Sea TikToks. But reading the, about it, I'm excited. Yeah, you see those boats on the North Sea where they're yeah. just like, I can't handle that. I can't even stand to hear that like weird song that they do for those TikToks because mm-hmm. it makes me think of deep water. What did you get? Because I want to talk about this too. Sorry, I got too scared. Um, <laughs> uh, Discount Armageddon by Sean and McGuire. So that's an that's part of her encrypted series. The fun fact about this day is um, Sean and McGuire McGuire writes as Mira Grant. Yep. So we bought each other the same author. Yep. Didn't even realize it. Yeah. <sighs> so that that book, to be clear, also is kind of a pulpy, uh, sort of like fighting cryptids yeah, in modern day. Yeah, she's a cryptid hunter. Yeah, it seems it seems very cool. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, you should start with your bestsellers because then I'm gonna just ruin one of the things you got. So for bestseller, you got. I got Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. And then I got uh, Witch King by Martha Wells. Yep. And here's the fun part. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of fun parts. So you know, two days before this, we. Rhymed our books to match. Mm-hmm. The day before this, we got the same author. And uh, the Witch King was under the tree for Aaron for Christmas. Right. Outside of our <laughs> Outside of 12 our 12 days. days yeah. But it was so exciting that I was like, oh no, like you have to open this now. Right. 
<laughs> so we both got each other Witch King uh-huh. yeah, at the so, end of the day. And if you're not familiar with Martha Wales, she wrote the Murderbot <laughs> books, um, which is a series of sci-fi books. If I'm not mistaken, I think this is her first mainstream fantasy it's publication. finally happened. Yeah. After all of this time. <laughs> right. Which, after a year of giving each other monthly books. Right. A year worth of 12 days of christmas and then this year we finally got each other the same book right so uh i don't actually know much about the plot of witch king to be honest i knew i wanted to read it and i knew i wanted you to have it yeah so (laughs) so uh demon copperhead very quickly um it uh barbara king solver book barbara king solver is a very big name in like environmentalist and southern literature um this is basically a uh Oh, uh, David Copperfield uh, retelling uh, in the South, mm-hmm. um, at least inspired by it. Amazing praise! Like it's just it's won so many awards, yeah. it's gotten so much attention. It's it's ridiculous how big this book is right now. Um, I've been wanting it ever since it came out because I actually assigned you, or no, that was one of the twelve books of Christmas from last year, wasn't it? it was mm-hmm. Flight Behavior mm-hmm. by Barbara King Solver. And I loved, I thought about Flight Behavior all year. Yeah, so Barbara King is an amazing author. She's written a lot of other stuff. I it think, just went against a lot of really difficult books. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I can't remember what else she wrote. Um, Prodigal Summer is a big Poisonwood one. Poisonwood Bible. Oh yeah, Poisonwood Bible is a huge one. Um, uh, physically huge and yeah. very big. And I think she did like something called The Bean Trees, I think was yeah, one of them. Yeah, but there's and, another like big hit maybe it was just the poison Bible. yeah i think poison one bible's the big one and prodigal summer gets a lot of attention but yeah. regardless she's a really great author you should look into her right. um then the next day we did award-winning book um so my book set came from the arthur c clark award which is a british science fiction award mm-hmm. um and i got well, I got the entire Children of Time series by Adrian Tchaikovsky. So far, I'm like 20 pages into book one. I really like it. Yeah. It reads cool. It definitely is It is definitely like traditional, more traditional sci-fi than I've mm-hmm. read in a really long time. Because um, like I read sci-fi, Red Rising, which was not traditional sci-fi. Right. Um, and then like the Becky Chambers stuff, which is also not traditional sci-fi. For I the most say. part, yeah. This is like... Science. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very science heavy sci fi. Yeah, from what I understand as well. But I like it so far. It reads well. Um, yeah. The writing is like not too difficult to understand. But That's yeah, I was really excited about that. I actually guessed the Children of Time series mm-hmm. just because well, gave, the quotes. You gave me a lot of clues in your quotes, and I, then you literally gave me what the award was. The way I package these is I put a bookmark on each of them and I write like a little description like hint on the back of each bookmark and yeah I think I made the mistake of giving you the award so it's pretty easy to kind of backtrack well in the thing you you mentioned child yeah and time and already then I was like okay I think this is children of time right let me see if they won this award <laughs> for sure so uh for that one I got a song for a new day by Sarah Pinsker um I can't. I, I do remember. Okay, I was gonna say I can't remember the details of it. I remember the cover and I know the basic idea. So yeah, so, yeah. it's a like a dystopian world. Yeah. Where music is outlawed. So like footloose, but sci-fi. And it's very punk rock, like yeah. in terms of like the aesthetic of the cover. Yeah. And so everything. it's it's it feels like it's gonna go in the direction of like underground bands. Yeah. And like raids on music. And I'm stuff so excited! Like that. Yeah. It gave me the the cover of it just made me think of like a like kind of made me think of like Rage Against the Machine or sort of like 
I don't know, just like this very grimy. Has a Green Day kind of feel. A, a little too. bit of Green Day before they sold out. Yeah. Like that, that kind of thing. Like, like old school Green Day. Yeah, yeah, like Dookie basket case. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Um, what's the next category? A uh, book based on a video game. Yeah, this is good. I got Ruination by Anthony Reynolds. It's a League of Legends video game. A uh, book. I used to play League of Legends excessively. You almost lost your life to it, didn't you? You almost developed one of those blood clots in your No, life. no. Oh. No. Oh, I got mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm, mis- I'm misremembering this story. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, we used to play it so often. We would have to take breaks so yeah. that we wouldn't do that. Like, we would say, all right, like, time to stand up so we don't walk. get deep vein thrombosis. Yeah, literally. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so we would play a lot and I would read all the lore because there's like a thousand different characters and I'd read all the lore in the background when I was playing. And so uh, somebody on YouTube actually talked about this book and I was like, oh, like that sounds really good. And then I forgot what it was called. Well, Aaron didn't forget. He never forgets. I, well, I wrote it in my phone. That's why I, I forget things easily. But I put it in my phone immediately. Right, right you remember to put it in your phone. I knew how excited you were about it. Yeah. That's more of just a compulsion to take notes on everything right. on my part. Um, so I got one of the boss fight books. It's Super Mario Bros. 2 by John Irwin. Um, I think we talked about boss fight books before a little bit. I think so, because that was one of the ones in our uh, book or in our buying guide. That's right, yeah, yeah. But if you're not familiar with Boss Fight Books, it's like a series of books that are all based on video games. They get people related to video games or within the industry to some capacity. They pick a game that they like, they pitch it, and then they write a book based on that game. Um, The book is usually either analyzing the game or personally responding to it or expanding on the story, doing something related to it. So they're fantastic. They're usually short. They're very easy to digest. I think I've got four of them at this point. Yeah, that's um, the fourth one. Yeah, I got Chrono Trigger, Kingdom Hearts 2, Resident Evil 4, wasn't it? Or was it 2? I think it was 2. Yeah, it was one of the Resident Evils. Um, uh, it's up at the top right up there on the shelf. Oh, it just says Resident Evil. Oh, just the first Resident Evil thing. <laughs> um, and then now Super Mario Bros. 2. So. Yeah, right. I, was, I knew that that that's part of why I wanted this category. Yeah, I want all of those, even yeah. if it's games that I don't There's care like 30. about. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I've thought about pitching ideas to them so many times because mm-hmm. anybody can can do a pitch, and if you get accepted, you can write the book. You, you know, they, they give you some. Fire. Fu- huh? I said we should write about Slay the Spire. <laughs> right. That's oh what my we gosh. know. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing too much of that lately. In excess. <laughs> no, I want to see somebody write about the Tony Hawk games. Mm. That's what I would mm-hmm. love because those are. I would just love to, the history of those. Which a whole documentary on it would be great. But. <laughs> um, then we did. <laughs> then we did a book with a TV show adaptation. Mm-hmm. Mine was "Dare Me" by Megan Abbott. I also found out I have another book by her. Mm. I can picture it in my head. It's it's a hand holding a yellow rose mm. with the words. That's all I remember. I don't remember what it was called. I don't. I didn't read it yet. Um, but this one seemed like a like a teenage high school drama, and I think there's a murder. There's something dark. There's some yeah. mystery. It's yeah. It seems it does read like a like a Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did it kind of situation. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Um, it yeah, I picked that one out because it was very different from the other genres mm-hmm. that I got you, and I was thinking this might be like a good quick read. That's just yeah. like a good kind of like a. I don't want to say filler or something, but like a... Just breaks it up. 
Yeah, like a little bit r- relief in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, so I got the uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I got the box set of this um, by Douglas Adams. I think most people are probably familiar with Hitchhiker's Guide. I don't know. Is it big enough for people? I think so. I think in some capacity. Yeah. Because there's been multiple TV shows. There's a there's few the, movies. There's a, the one movie for sure that got pretty um, big. There's a comic, which I found out. Yeah. But basically, it's like a comedy sci-fi thing where like a guy gets taken from Earth. Like, I think it's like at the whenever Earth is about to be destroyed or something, and he gets thrust into space. Um, and there's all kinds of these like weird, bizarre British jokes that are in yeah. it that are so good. Like, he has like a safety blanket that he carries with him. They ask what the meaning of life is, and they say it's 42 for some reason. Um, I, I might have a little bit of this off, but I'm pretty sure it's what it is. It's, yeah, I've wanted to read these for so long, because from what I understand, the humor is fantastic, and I watched that movie whenever I was too young. I don't think I picked up on the humor enough, but... Right, and... I had, like, Martin... British humor is definitely... It's dry, usually. More of a smart humor. Yeah, like, it's an adult humor. Like, you kind of need to be an adult, or be versed there's a very thick layer of sarcasm yeah and i think you just have to be ready to like indulge in sarcasm i guess Mm -hmm. so all right um what's next the last book is a christmas book um because we open it on christmas day and we want it to be literal christmas themed Mm -hmm. mine is the 12 dates of christmas by jenny bayless this this is Literally the title, like there's 12 dates, mm-hmm. She's tr- her friend's trying to get her over an ex or out of a slump, and she sets her up on 12 different dates. Yep. I got uh, Bright Lights Big Christmas, Mary Kay Andrews. So last Christmas, um, the 12 Days of Christmas books that I got was The Santa Suit, which is also a Mary Kay Andrews book. Um, I think Mary Kay Andrews is the best for like quick enjoyable just cotton candy reads um it doesn't stick with you very long you don't learn a whole lot from it but it is it just it it evokes so much emotion while you're reading it and it's just that feeling that you get um when you're watching a hallmark movie is that exact same feeling that you get when you're watching or when you're reading santa suit absolutely yeah so i'm looking forward to this blue christmas just to let you know because you haven't read that one but that's also mary Kay andrews yeah i look forward to it i i really genuinely do it's one of those types of books that i would never expect that i would enjoy but i thoroughly do like her writing is great it's just so easy um but those are our 12 Days of Christmas books. Um, we also have some other books that we got as gifts just for Christmas in general. Um, and I think we're going to we're gonna run down those yeah, as well. Yeah, I have more. Um, but this is what I had whenever I wrote my, when I, when I wrote my notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and this is also not counting books we've purchased because... We did buy some books because uh, Barnes & Noble had their sale. Yeah, and, and Second uh, and Charles had a sale. Second and Charles had like a buy five, get five sale. Yeah. So we do have a few others, but we're, we're after not gonna... Christmas. My book buying ban was up, right? So we, you had to make up for all of. <laughs> we're not we're not going to get into all those though. We no. just wanted to stick with just the stuff that we got as gifts. So my brother got part. me a book called "How to Not Kill Your House Plants." I haven't looked at it yet, but <laughs> I feel problem... like you need it, right? <laughs> no, the problem is it started when I went on a trip and I asked my brother to water my plants. I came back and they were dead. <laughs> well, they were they were thirsty. They weren't dead. Yeah. They were thirsty. Um, and they've just stayed thirsty 
Yeah. Ever since. Yeah, they just never... I mean, did you try putting Gatorade in them? I don't think that's a good idea. I'm using better than electrolytes or something. I don't know if plants need that. Who knows? Well, now I have the book. I guess I could read it. <laughs> yeah, you'll find out. What if page one is like, put Arctic put Freeze Gator. Gator or whatever that Lemon flavor. Lime, the bad Lemon kind. Lime. Oh, God, it's the worst. <laughs> that's the thing. only thing that that flavor is good for is watering your plants. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> killing your grass outside. That's the worst flavor of Gatorade. All right. Anyways, I agree. <laughs> um, the other one I got, I had on my Amazon list, it, and I had found it. I don't know a lot about it, but it, it kind of appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if Nietzsche were a narwhal by mm-hmm. Justin Gregg, it's what animal intelligence tells us about human stupidity. I felt like, just by the title, that it's going to tell me that animals are smarter than humans, and I already know that. Right. But <laughs> I am interested in it. Oh, yeah. And, and Nietzsche is like a... Thank you. Yeah, he's like a, I mean, he's like the nihilist philosopher, so he's all about just like, nothing matters. Right. Like, yeah, so it's just I'm like, into it. I'm sure it'll be very interesting. Um, I also got a DC Comics Encyclopedia. I have a very old copy. Yeah. That they, but they've recently updated it. Right. And so I compared it, because Aaron has the updated one, mm-hmm. and I compared it, and I was like, dang, all my stuff is like, there's a lot of outdated. <laughs> so I put it on my list, and I got it. Um. Then I have The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. I have The Little Liar by Mitch... That's what it's called, right? By Mitch Album. I think so. And then I have Morning Star by Pierce Brown. Yep. So that's the third book in the Red Rising series. Yeah. So, so you, you guys are going to hear about that some more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that what you got? That's all I have. All right. I'm going to run down mine quick. I got a lot here. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, you bought me this giant box set, so I'll, I'll go through those kind of quick. <laughs> Um, so my uncle got me, um, two Martha Wells books. It's, oh, and I got Kaiju number eight, number six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Which is, again, if you've not read that Gotta manga. Gotta read it. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, and the animes. They announced the anime. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. It looks so it good. It looks so good. All right. It's gonna be good. Yep. No, no, it's fine. Um, so my uncle got me the next two books in the Murderbot series. I have book one. He got me that for Christmas last year. Uh, he got me Artificial Condition and Rogue Protocol. Um, really looking forward to those. Uh, I got Witch King, Martha Wells. <laughs> you got me that one. Obviously, we talked about that earlier. Um, and then I got uh, two books from your family, The Starting Point, uh, 1979 to 1996, and Starting Point, 1997 to 2000, excuse me, 2008. These are uh, Hal um, so Hal Miyazaki is the famous director from Studio Ghibli. Um, so making Kiki's Delivery Service, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, all of those movies. Hmm? You're making a face. Sorry, I'm just, I, I don't know. I got it mixed up with something else. I don't know why. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, he's the, he's the famous writer-director from Studio Ghibli, headed Studio Ghibli for a while. Um, and these are basically like biographical books about his time with it. mixed up with Mirakami. Who oh, Haruki writes, Mirakami. Yeah. yeah, I gotcha. I um, my face did that. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I, I wanted these for a while. I kept seeing them and I'd forget about them and then see them again. And one time and you almost bought them. them. Yeah, I almost bought them. And they were already them. purchased. Yeah. So, but they're. But I had to remind you of the book buying ban. Right. So I've been wanting this for a while. I really want to know about the history of this company. I adore their movies. Miyazaki's a fascinating guy because apparently he just like 
super pessimistic, just chain smokes cigarettes and talks about Which how life is pointless and everything. And then he creates these beautiful, yeah. hopeful films about humanity. And it's, yeah, it's just weird. But um, And then I got this big box set of Zora Neale Hurston books. So if you don't know Zora Neale Hurston, her most famous book is Their Eyes Were Watching God. Um, she's an amazing African-American writer. Um, just some of the best work I've read. Uh, definitely some stuff that stuck with me that I, I would love to read her entire catalog. I'm going to run down those really quick. Um, uh, Their Eyes Were Watching God, uh, Dust Tracks on a Road, which I believe is her biography. I think that's still uh, Or memoir, one of the, one of the two. Um, and then her complete book of short stories, uh, Seraph on the Sewanee, Every Tongue Got to Confess, Tell My Horse, Moses, Man of the Mountain, Mules and Men, Jonah's Gourd Vine, and then Mule Bone, which she wrote with Langston Hughes. So, big box set. We've seen it before, and then apparently, hopefully, it went on a pretty good sale before you got it, because <laughs> I didn't want you to spend that much money on a Christmas a gift for sale. me. Okay, good. Um, it was less than... It was less than like $7 a book. Okay, good. Yeah, it was so good. Okay. Um, <laughs> and beautiful covers. It's yeah. just a great collection. It was yeah. really beautiful, like mural style mm-hmm. covers. Oh my yeah. God, it's such a good one. I'm really excited for it. Um, and then lastly, I got a Thistlefoot by Jenna Rose Nethercra- Nethercat or Nethercot. I don't know. I can't read my own handwriting. It's a Baba Yaga, uh, it's a Baba, Baba Yaga book, which I'm fascinated by the story of Baba Yaga. It's got a great cover as well. Uh-huh. Um, good reviews and stuff. I look forward to reading it. Um, and again, obviously, we got some other books, but we're not going to dig into so many all the other stuff we bought. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into the stuff that we have read this month and give a few reviews um, and some superlatives and things like that. Uh, mine's fairly brief, and I've been talking a little bit, so you go ahead. Okay, so this month, um, since the last time we spoke, I have read five more books. I don't remember how many I read before that. Now I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was four, three, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. That's I read fine. five more. Um, I did read five before that. Oh, I can't. I read ten books this month. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead and rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> um, I struggled with that ten. Yeah. So I read Sinner's Isle by Angela Montoya, which was book one from our Twelve Days. I rated that a four point five. It was about um, like a. It, it was definitely a woman empowerment novel. Um, it was about not letting people snuff out your your power hmm. literally and figuratively like metaphorically all that um it it was a really i really liked it a lot you should say the high level concept of it though well yeah like I, the... i'm trying not eh. okay well you don't so, have to, you don't have to spoil anything just get yeah, the, yeah so it's it's about women yeah. with powers mm-hmm. who are on an island think like a leper colony how like they have to be separated from general society? Oh, okay. So they're they're forced comparison. to live on a separate island. Oh, okay. but each year, um, everybody who's over eighteen on that island mm-hmm. basically parades themselves so that they can get tied to a man of power. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is you get tied to that man, and that man dies, you die. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're literally binding yourself to a stranger. Yeah. And that's your only way off the island. Can you, like, 
look into their medical history to see like all right you know they're prone <laughs> nope, to prone to matter. chronic conditions in their family or something matter. before you make your choice <laughs> but the whole point is to keep these powerful women either on this island mm-hmm. or contained by these men yeah it's it's a lot okay yeah so it, it wasn't like there wasn't any like major sad there was like some sad moments but it wasn't any major sad moments there wasn't any major like polarizing things there were moments where it's like okay cool like she's finally learning and being her own person or there's these twists and turns people died that deserved to die Mm -hmm. it was kind of that part was kind of nice um (laughs) it wrapped up in a way that it could just end but it also wrapped up in a way where you want to overthrow the government, here's three more books. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> it just depends. And we should say that this is a book that we learned about at Y'all Fest. Yeah. Um, if you didn't hear a Y'all Fest episode, that's one to really go back good. and listen to. That's one of our one of my favorite conversations we've had, I yeah. think, on a podcast. Yeah. That one was good because we, we had a lot to talk about. Yes. And we saw a lot of stuff at that festival and had a lot of experiences. Mm-hmm. And even though we went there together... And it was our first, like... Literary book event, book event, yeah, yeah, and and even though we went together, I feel like we still had a lot to unpack in that episode of the podcast. Yeah, so because we had different that. experiences, sort of. Yeah, yeah, right. and we both took different things away. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I also read the final gambit, which was the third book in the Jennifer Lynn Barnes series. I gave it a five stars. I have technically finished a series finally. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I say technically is because another book came out this year. Um, and from what I understand, two more books in that trilogy are going to come out that are part of the exact same world and take place after this trilogy, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to read them. Um, I gave that a five stars. It was better than the middle book and about just as good as the first book. Mm -hmm. The middle book definitely had like middle, middle child syndrome where it was like (laughs) fine. Yeah. The middle books are really always kind of fine. I feel like. Yeah. Um, but this book wrapped up really well um there was still a lot of like action and puzzles and adventure mm-hmm. and i i liked that awesome <laughs> also read uh good night krampus <laughs> it is a picture a children's picture book yeah i read it it had 30 pages in it maybe mm-hmm. it's stretching 30 pages yeah um there was a sentence on each page but it's like santa and krampus and it was really cute yeah i gave it five stars I don't really give a lot of children's books less than five. It's hard like to, yeah, books. yeah. I don't buy. I buy a very specific type of child book mm-hmm. um, because I want to give either weird stuff, right, or like learning things. Absolutely. And so when I buy it, I will probably give it a five stars yeah. because <laughs> I've thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read The 12 Days of Book Club, Miss. I bought a Once Upon a Book Club advent calendar. It comes with a book of short stories. There's 12 short stories. And after each short story, you open a gift related to that short story. And within that, I got three different books. I don't remember any of the names. I didn't write any of them down. Yeah. I got three different books. I got a book sleeve. I got this really nice messenger bag. Yeah. Um... I was jealous of this. This is such a good thing. I got a stamp. 
Yeah. That you can put like like a library stamp kind you of got thing. That bottle of a oh the, the, like yeah I got the lotion and soap dispensers that oh have books gosh. around the bottom. They're beautiful. Yeah. I got a cup. I got. Hmm. One more thing. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I got TBR. Um. I got TBR cards. Yep. And yep. I got this beautiful eyeshadow palette. Yep. And it was not very expensive for all the things that I got. Sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, the and everything was like good quality. Yeah. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like, like cheap stuff for just to fulfill an advent calendar. Right. That being said, I did give this bundle of stories. I think I gave it a three point five. Mm-hmm. I think I did put a three in Goodreads. That's fair. Um, yeah. because it's twelve stories. Yeah. The best story was definitely a five, mm-hmm. but the the least good story was a three. Yeah. And the majority of them were in that three range, because my problem with short stories is they're that they're short. <laughs> You're not a big fan of short story collections in general. I. I also thought, I think I thought, too, that they were going to be Christmas. Yeah. And, and they, they were not. Yeah. They Which were. is now fine. Now that I know that, yeah. it's fine. But they were not Christmas related. Mm-hmm. And I think at Christmas, I wanted to read more Christmassy things. That's fair. Because um, I did not read a lot. I did not read as many as I wanted to. I did not read as many as were on my TBR. Right. Um, I think I read two Christmas books. Yeah. Yeah. And one of those was Goodnight Krampus. That's good. I read three Christmas books, and one of those was Goodnight Krampus. You did better than I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that was my that was my biggest takeaway of that. And then the last book I read, I finished yesterday. It's In the Time of the Butterflies by Julia Alvarez, which is a fiction novel about a real event. Mm-hmm. Historical fiction, yeah. Um, I. I gave this a four. Mm-hmm. My biggest issue, and I thought about it more today. My biggest issue is whenever you know that something is fact, mm-hmm. when it is based on factual evidence, and it is written in a fictional way, there is a fine line that is often blurred mm-hmm. to where you're not sure what's real and what's not. So then the way that it's written, it's written as if it's fact. Right. The entire story is written with factual dates and events and timelines. And at no point do you know where it's story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem I have with that type of genre. Yeah. And that's why I was stuck at a four. Mm-hmm. I really like the story. Oh, well, let me tell you what the story's about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Mirabal sisters were revolutionaries Yeah. in... Some of the most inspiring revolutionaries. The Dominican Republic. Yeah. Yeah. Under the Trujillo... Trujillo? Trujillo. Trujillo regime. Mm-hmm. Um, it... Well, dictatorship. We'll go ahead. <laughs> we should... Yeah. Because it just started out... It didn't start out as a dictatorship. Right. It started out as just another man, quote unquote, freeing the people. Because that's, that's how all dictators get <laughs> into power, I feel like. A lot of them, yeah. <laughs> They start out saying all the right things, and they decide they never want to leave. Um, so, the sisters created this whole underground rebellion movement mm-hmm. to the point where, eventually, he did get killed. No, tried. He definitely got tried. Yeah, 
I think he got killed after that. I think so. I I don't. But see, that's the other thing about... (laughs) That's my issue with this type of genre. (laughs) So, also, the fact that... They're not going to lie about major things. No, no, I know. But this is one of the books... This was my last book of my ten that was assigned by Aaron. And he informs me that he read this in middle school. He was assassinated. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He got tried for... um, it's not a spoiler because uh, that's real life. No, it's history. Yeah. So sh- the three of the four Mirabal sisters were killed by his orders. And so he was tried for his hand in killing a bunch of people, including them. Um, one, the, one sister survives and this feels like a recounting of her story. Mm-hmm. Where that is true and where that is fiction, I'm not sure. From what I understand. It feels pretty authentic. Yeah. But there are a lot of people who have issues with it. Yeah. From what I understand, it is it is pretty true to form um, in terms of like the history and things like that. Uh I, again, I, I don't know for sure because it, that's that's an area of history that I haven't studied very thoroughly. Right. Um, I read this book in middle school. That seems crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I had th- just the best uh, English teachers. Because I also <laughs> don't think that this is in YA anymore. I'm pretty know. sure we picked this up in fiction. It is more general fiction, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. I think yeah I think I read it in like 8th grade, yeah. I believe, something like that, 7th, 8th grade. Yeah. Um, it's a it's it's a powerful book. I think it's great, and uh, again, the story I think is amazing. And it it is detailed in like different writing styles. Mm-hmm. Um, so one they they do it in different voice mm-hmm. in the perspective of each of the girls. And in one of them, she writes in a journal, and so they're journal entries. So you get dates yeah. for those journal entries. Right. Um, the only other issue I had. Is that there are time jumps within stories because the girls are flashing back and remembering something. And you don't really know when that's happening. Mm-hmm. It just kind of starts. Yeah. Hmm. But I liked it overall. It doesn't yeah. sound like I did now that I'm talking about it. Yeah, I think you need to apologize. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I did like it overall. Yeah. It just, it really was a difficult for, it was really difficult for me to actually get through. Yeah. Because one... I'm reading it at Christmas, and it's mm-hmm. a sad story Pretty about sad. three girls who have died it's and blue- left behind their entire family. It's kind of, it okay. I found it as mildly uplifting because it's like here is this true story of like these women who like very seriously impacted the overthrow of this dictatorship. Yes, so that part. Even if they're martyrs, that part's cool. Okay. Like I'm not discounting that. Okay. My problem I is I know you're not. My problem clear. is they left behind so many children between the three of them. Yeah. Like what kind of lives did those children have if they hadn't done what they did? Though? Right. That's true. That's the ultimate way to to establish a future for their children. Yeah. It's just sad. Because then like there's one line where uh Dee Dee's husband she says she doesn't want to live without her sisters anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's one line where um Didi's husband says, um, that's your, basically like your martyrdom is having to live without them. Yeah. And like, that's so sad. Yeah, it sucks. Dictatorships suck. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that's the irony is that, that's putting it light. That's such a the irony is that. is they were listening to Fidel on because mm-hmm. um, when Fidel overthrew Cuba, mm-hmm. and that's what got them motivated to overthrow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the irony. A little bit is yeah. that yeah yeah same thing happened in Cuba later similar not yeah yeah definitely definitely some parallels there yeah, yeah it's it's just interesting. That like their their trigger was yeah like they were listening on this like illegal radio and stuff mm-hmm. like it, it was just really interesting yeah no I think it's a good book and I I haven't read it in so long it might not even hold up for me personally if I was to read it again I think you should read it again I would love to I because again I I remember it stuck with me at least enough to remember like oh this is one of the first books that I read where I'm like. I understand the concept of being a martyr. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's one of the first times I learned about yeah. that, and also about like the way that someone can turn into a symbol because yeah. that's a lot of what the Mirabelle sisters did. Oh, I mean, yeah. So the book they call them the butterflies. Yeah. So they literally are. Yeah. The symbol and their symbol was the butterflies, and they're like, let's bring the butterflies home, and mm-hmm. let you know this is for the butterflies and. Yeah. We saw the butterflies today. Like, that was our code. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. That part was powerful. Yeah. 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 It's a, and again, maybe it's just, I think that me personally, I take more from a book whenever it's the first time that I've learned about yeah. a concept or a theme. The first time I'm introduced to a theme it, and it's impacting me, that's mm-hmm. whenever I, like, I'm like, oh, this is a theme of generational trauma or a theme mm-hmm. of found family or something. You know, it, and I'm not saying for butterflies, but the first <clears throat> the first time I'm introduced to one of those themes, that book is automatically going to be more powerful I mean, that's why I like me. the Joylet Club. Right, yeah. 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 All right, sorry. No, no, no it's <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. Yep, that's for me. We hadn't talked a lot about that book no. outside of the podcast. That's so why I kind of wanted to hear about I ended with that. 108 books on Goodreads. Oh, awesome. I might need to look mine up before. Um, I can tell you why you're talking. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> my reading... Kind of went off the rails. Um, if, if you've been keeping up with stuff this month, um, you know I was I'm, I was trying to finish the ten assigned. I was trying to finish the ten assigned books um, that you gave me uh, mm-hmm. last time, and my goal was to continue reading. Uh, let's see, Discovery of Witches, um, and then I was also going to attempt to read um, some of, if not all of, Toxin. Um, and then start Priory of the Orange Tree. Like those are my White Oleander left. Oh yeah, White Oleander. That's right. I'm sorry, I forgot I had four left. So those are my primary goals. Um, I'll be honest. I started hitting a bit of a reading slump. I was having a hard time focusing on stuff. The semester was wrapping up. My winter class started. It was the holidays. I was. I'm lucky to have read anything. Um, so what I did read, um, I picked up the Heartstopper books after you gave me one through four. Um, I think I read one, one and two very quickly. Mm-hmm. I read the third one, took a little bit longer, read the fourth one at a decent pace. And then I bought the fifth one. I think it was yesterday. Literally yesterday and it and, took you like an hour. Yeah, I, I read it yesterday. So, um, this is where I'll give a little bit more in depth about these. Cause I do think these deserve their time and attention. I, I, I've been kind of glossing over them. So, um, 
Again, the Heartstopper books are YA graphic novels. I think they're originally written as like a Tumblr or like a Webtoons type thing. Like an online comic. Yeah, so as uh, Alice Oseman um, is the one who wrote and drew these. Um, they are incredibly easy reads in one way um, because it is mostly images. Um, there might be some pages where there are no text and then there are some pages where there's maybe five or six sentences and in some pages, there might be a decent amount of text. But it is a graphic novel, so it's typically easy to read and kind of flip through pretty quickly. Um, the story follows uh, Charlie and Nick. Um, so Charlie is uh, a gay student at a high school, um, and he was outed uh, as being gay and was bullied heavily um, to the point where he hit a very low point in his life. And then he suddenly meets um, Nick and starts to fall for Nick. And he believes that Nick is a straight student. Um, and then basically their relationship develops from there. So they start talking, they get into a relationship together, and all five volumes are them developing that relationship with several other side characters. Now, I love these things. I, I want to be very clear before I start introducing any criticisms at all. Um, they are definitely written for a YA audience. There's not a lot of graphic material whatsoever. There's not a ton of graphic language. There's a little bit of swear words here and there, that sort of thing, but nothing overly graphic. Um, the concepts of them kind of shift the main focus of each one. The first one is very much focused on uh, coming to terms with your sexuality. The second one touches a little bit on um, how to like come out to family and friends. The third one focuses on kind of self-harm slash eating disorder type stuff to an extent. Um, the fourth one deals with uh, kind of personal trauma and uh, therapy and how to kind of deal with mental health issues. And then the fifth one very much deals with how to take that next step in life and to learn that your partner is not always going to be your end-all, be-all support system, that you need other people outside of your romantic partner to be a whole functioning human being, basically. Well, and yourself. And yourself. Yeah, you need yeah. yourself as well. Um, so I think these are incredibly important lessons. I think these are packaged in a very real comprehensible way for a YA audience. I think the art is great. I think the romance is very endearing. There are very like saccharine sweet moments where it's like almost a little bit too sweet. There are moments where it's very heartfelt. There are heartbreaking moments. There are some moments where like you really feel for these characters, especially some of the side characters and everything, and you're reaching out to them just mentally, and you're like, oh, I can connect here, I can connect here um, with the things that they're going through, right? I think all that stuff's great, and I think it is really great for that audience. Now, the one thing that I will say is if you're reading these as an adult, you probably already experienced some type of media that is related to these, these themes. So they're not going to be purely new and original for you. This might not be the best way to introduce yourself to these as an adult. Because after a while, it does feel like it's getting a little bit like checking the boxes of like, here are the social issues and here are the like mental health issues that we need to touch on. Mm -hmm. um, they touch on a lot of different gender identities, a lot of different sexual orientations, um, a lot of uh, different just like 
class issues and um, just other social issues, mental health issues, things like that. They definitely check those boxes, and they touch on a lot of it. So almost anyone is going to be able to find someone to relate to in these stories. I think that's great. But if you're an adult reading these, like I said, you probably already read more nuanced and more complex takes on these themes. So it might be a little more difficult. You might read this and kind of come away with like, oh, well, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, that that's the way this is. Like, yeah, I know that's what we should do in a relationship in this sense. So it might not have the same impact. Having said that, I really like them, and I do very much uh, encourage people to read them. Very quick and easy reads. I would love to support this type of media in particular because I don't think that webcomics get enough attention. And I think that um, Alice Oseman's writing and her, like, plotting and narrative skills are getting better with each volume when she has novels out too like also yeah she has a couple novellas out that are related to the heartstopper universe and she has another one that is uh charlie's sister i think was like her first ya novel that she put out before she put out heartstopper um but yeah so again these are great uh to read um if you've not been exposed to a lot of this media or if you just want something easy uh, to read and kind of get through that will, again, tug at your heartstrings at times, but definitely nothing new um, if you are, you know, a little bit more versed in identity issues, I would say, so or mental health issues overall. What did you rate each book? Each one got a four, I think a flat four. Because um, there's, there's important information, but it doesn't yeah. hit a wider audience. I think it just it didn't land as much for me again because I've read things that approach this much more complexly mm-hmm. and like a, a with a much more nuance and and um, the first two I think are definitely a little bit weaker and then I think three four and five get kind of progressively better. Um, Do you think it starts too fluffy? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because the first two are almost purely a romance story. Right. Um, and that reads about a little bit more like stereotypical online comics. Um, how they just have, like, here's a couple characters, let's do, like, the will-they-won't-they they kind of thing back and forth right. a lot. Um, and just the surface-level issues that they have with each other, essentially. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. You're just disintegrating your nail over here across yeah, the table. Yeah, front. so I was trying to level you, it you're out. You're just taking the whole thing apart right mm-hmm. now? Okay, that's terrifying. But anyway... Um, <laughs> All right, so that's Heartstopper. Again, I recommend it. I'm going to pick up the sixth one basically as soon as it comes out because I want to see how this stuff wraps up. Uh, Again, very endearing characters. Pretty realistic, I would say, and relatable overall, um, but definitely easier to connect with if you're a younger audience. I think my only issue just with you telling me about it because, you know, we do that. Yeah. um, Is the likelihood of all of these boxes yeah. occurring in one high school it okay it, i thought about this and i didn't want to make this comparison because so like it, it's very like breakfast club in that sense mm-hmm. you seen that you know that movie the the there's it, the, john, the john hughes yeah. movie where it's like all the different cliques every stereotype they have the ste- they have the stereotype stereotypical member of every mm-hmm. clique that gets together and then they all like learn from each other and learn to appreciate yeah. each other and leave like it's like the after-school special kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I think it suffers a little bit from that mentality. Um, again, not a bad thing for a YA audience, but 
again, it just it doesn't do a whole lot more for an adult audience. Right. At least, because like in, an adult is able to look at that and be like, "That would never happen." Like, yeah, that that's too many. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it, it felt like every other chapter there was like another character that was revealing that, like again they were, they were like checking off the sexuality and gender boxes mm-hmm. there's like here's a here's a transgender character uh here's a teenage bisexual character here's a teenage asexual character here's a teenage lesbian character now let me do adults too Here, here's a teenage yeah. a gay character uh here is an adult gay character here's an adult bisexual right. character uh here is uh, another here's a uh, non-binary character um and then somehow all of them and again it's 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 the the way that fiction works, like you got to bring characters together in a way that might not be purely realistic, but all of these characters being in the same circle, right? And even side characters that like don't mean much initially, they will even kind of hint like, "Oh yeah, they're probably bisexual," or "This character is probably right. gay," and it just again, it just it feels. And I'm not trying to come off as like there's not enough straight people in this. That's absolutely not what I'm trying to do whatsoever. I'm just trying to say that, like, there is a point where it feels like... It also feels like it's feeding this mentality that, like, people, like, queer people only stick together. It kind of feels that way. That's what it kind of feels like. It feels like it almost indulges in another stereotype without intending to, um, to where, yeah, like, there's a massive amount of, like... You know, just I think that's I think that's queer my seclusion biggest, and like isolation. I've been thinking about it since you talked about it, and it just feels like not quite right. Yeah, yeah, and and again, great characters. I love Charlie and Nick. Like I find myself consistently like, right. oh my gosh, I'm so happy that they're doing well. Like the first time they tell each other that they love each other, I genuinely was like, oh my gosh, that's great. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like I, I buy into this romance. They're, they're realistic enough I like in that. that sense. Like that, I, they're authentic enough. They that, are. Like, and I feel for them and I feel that the character development and the growth. Like I, I very seriously enjoy it overall. Um, again, it is mostly just the fact that like, if you are not, if you've already read stuff like this and you're an adult, you're probably looking for more realistic interpretations and more nuanced interpretations. There is very little nuance in this. It is very direct and explicit in like, here is this type of character, here is their struggle, here is how it concludes. This type of character, struggle, conclusion. It it is very direct. a neat wrap-up. Yeah, a lot of it has a very neat bow tied on it. All right. Well, uh, second thing that I read, and I'll keep this one well, a little bit. Well, that was bit. five books. Right. So that's your five sixth books. book that you read. Right. Um, so, again, I had that Binti trilogy. Um, so, this is a, a book of three uh, novellas, and I think there's like a short story that expands a novella. I talked about that just a minute ago. I'm not entirely sure. It's not very clear in the book. Um, I read the first novella, which is just titled Binti, and then I read uh, probably about three-quarters of the second novella, which is titled Binti Home. Um, there's one more titled Binti The Night Masquerade, which is the last one. Um, these are fantastic. These are great. Um, I, it, again, it's an Afrofuturist story. Uh, it's a, a sci-fi story told through like an African perspective or an African-American's perspective. Mostly African in this in this case, um, and I'll give the basic idea is 
Uh, Binti is a girl from a, a group called the Himba. Um, and the Himba live on Earth. Um, from what I understand, most humans do not live on Earth anymore. Um, and there's another group of humans called the Kush, or the Kush, uh, K-H-O-U-S-H. Um, and the Kush, Kush, whatever, have been at war with the Medus for a long time. The Medus are sort of this jellyfish-type species. Um, and the idea is that there is this university uh, called Umza University, or Umza Uni, and mostly, there are very, very few humans that get in. There's never been a Himba student at Umza Uni. And Binti is very talented. She has like these abilities to kind of dive into mathematical equations. She can tap into mathematical currents. It's almost a little sci-fi, a little fantasy in that sense. Um, she can go into a meditative state where she's figuring out calculations and looking at formulas and things like that to calm herself and ground herself and tap into the natural currents of life in the universe. Um, and she finds that she has an, an especially good talent for that. And I won't give away too much, but essentially uh, this happens within like the first like 10, 15 pages of the first novella. She gets on a ship to go to Umza Uni because she got accepted. She's the first Himba to do this. This is a very big deal. The ship gets attacked by Medusa while she is on the way. She is one of the only survivors of that attack. And then the first novella is basically her attempting to get out of that situation. Um, her trying to survive this long ship ride to Umza Uni and to figure out what the Medusa want. Um, there is a lot of very good sci-fi stuff in this and a decent amount of fantasy stuff as well. Um, because it is a story of Binti trying to learn her place in the universe. It's a coming-of-age story to a large extent. It is so heavily based on cultural identity. There's so much deep-rooted African kind of references in this mm -hmm. that it really touches in a soft spot for me since I studied African literature a lot in college. Um, so th there's just so much of that. There's so much of this like connecting to the earth, um, the physical spaces, the connections to hair and mm -hmm. natural hair. That's such a major element of this novel uh, or of these novellas. There's there's just so much good stuff. I was super excited when you were telling me about the clay yeah, yeah. and the hair because I had just learned about that in, yeah. in, I can't remember where, but it was just weird that it like tied up right yeah. away. So she makes this solution, I think it's called Okjis, I think is what they call it. And basically it's like clay mixed with like oil and a couple other substances and they rub it on their skin and their hair. They coat themselves in it, the women. Um, and in particular, it's it's like a ceremonial thing. They're supposed to stay coated in it. Anytime some of it comes off, the next time they get an opportunity, they need to put some more on. Um, it's sort of a, a, it's not a exactly socially acceptable if anybody except their close intimate partner sees them without this on. Um, and that plays a massive role in the story mm -hmm. is her being able to keep access to this stuff, the way that that stuff affects other creatures in the universe. Um, the Yeah, it's just, uh, there, there's a lot going on. And I don't want to give away too much because right. it's genuinely a very good story. Um, they're short. Um, again, they're novellas. I recommend people read them. I'm probably going to try to finish the second novella tonight, actually, because I'm, I'm really into it. And I, I like these quite a bit. It's right up my alley because sci-fi, Afrofuturism stuff, it's it's so good. There's just a big reveal we talked about earlier. It's I'm so glad good. they lied to me and told me that things were... Right. These took place in a day. Right, right. 
And again, I see why it feels that way. Yeah. Because it, most of that first novella is like one day yeah. where she's trying to figure out what's going on and what to do. I mean, the travel part happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just know it took seven days. Right. And also, like, to be fair, like, there are times where it's like, and then she went to sleep, and mm-hmm. then it'll have a page break, and then it'll say, uh, she woke up 24 hours later, and it's like, okay, well, it's been, but it's all in one space. Right. So it, it feels maybe, like Maybe it's, that's contained, like the contained story. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. It's very good. And the re- and to be fair, the rest of the novellas are not contained. She does a lot of movement. Right. The second one, she's at Umza Uni. She's moving through the desert, going back home, making friends. It's, gosh, it's so good. Yeah. It's just, it's great contained sci-fi stories. I want to read more stuff by this author for sure. So, highly recommend that. Um, so far, that's a solid four for me. There's a few, like, technical writing stylistic things. There's some repetition that bugs me slightly. Is it a, is it a four for each? So far, yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of that repetition in in phrasing for each one. Like they refer to certain things multiple times, and it feels like they just they drop in unnecessary details that they repeat. It's like just just trust your audience to assume that she's putting the solution back on her body again, mm. but they mention it every time she does it, I see. and it's very very often. Or like you know. Uh, Whenever they're talking about like her hair, and they'll reference like the way that she's changed. I don't want to give things away, but she changes. Her head changes a lot. They reference that a lot, mm. and they'll they'll reiterate. Be like, look at the changes. Look at the changes. They reiterate those. Oh wow, your hair changed quite a bit. Right. Yeah, yeah, that goes. And, and again, it's more stylistic than anything else. It doesn't drag it down much. The plot is great. The characters are fantastic. It's again, I can't recommend it enough, but. Unfortunately, that's all that I've read this month. Um, I know it sounds like a lot, but trust me, if you saw those Heartstopper books, they're <laughs> such quick reads. I have not read very much. I'm hoping in January I'll be able to read more. I'll have a little bit more time. Well, what have you... So you read Binti a little bit. You read Discovery of Witches a little bit. Yeah. You read The Heartstopper, but didn't you start something else? No. Oh, I just thought you started something else. No, I'm pretty sure I didn't. Oh, you wanted to start that gunpowder book. Yeah, I thought about starting that. I, I mean, I've thought about starting several things, but yeah, this is this is what I focused on. So, so um, at the end of every month, we do like a quick superlatives. Mm-hmm. Yours are going to be mostly Heartstopper, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what was your favorite book? Uh, I will go with Heartstopper Volume. Four, I think. That's where the grit happened, right? Well, three is where that starts happening. Four is where it hits its stride and they really focus on the mental health stuff and they dig in deep and there's not as many clean resolutions. Mm. So I'll go with Heartstopper 4. My favorite book of the month was Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros. Mm. I feel like that's not a surprise. No, not at all. You love Fourth (laughs) Wing so much. that. Yeah, and I, I liked... Iron Flame a lot. Mm-hmm. Was it as good as Fourth Wing? No. Right. We've talked about that. Um, how I like contained mess versus chaotic mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it harder for you to care about all of the characters. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, I think it's I still hurt. liked it a lot. Um, what was your most disappointing thing? Um, thing or book? Yeah, <laughs> I'll go with book, I guess. Um, 
that's tough because I was, I mean, I liked everything I read this month, to be clear. I guess I was slightly disappointed with uh, Heartstopper Volume 5. I guess mm. slightly. Um, Did only, not feel like enough? Yeah. Because read it very short and it seemed like there was less words in this one. Yeah. That that one is where Nick is attempt. he's like touring universities mm-hmm. and trying to pick out a university. And it felt like they were building to that conflict the entire book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, there's, you know, a couple hundred pages in that thing. And it's like, you just know that conflict is coming. And most of these books are pretty quick, pretty fast paced. Um, they get to the, they get to the conflict and they resolve the conflict kind of quickly. This one felt like you were just waiting and waiting and waiting for the conflict. And then the conflict was resolved within just like a couple pages. Like it was a little anticlimactic with all the buildup. Yeah. And I think coming off of volume four, I think my expectations were pretty high and especially because they're getting older, and I was hoping it would get a little more adult in right. Volume Five, which it does. To be clear, there are some things that are definitely more mature, but yeah, I don't. I don't think it goes as far as I would hope. So, what about you? I have two things. I have one thing in one book. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm disappointed that I didn't read more because <laughs> there's only ten books that I read, yeah. and one of them was an illustrated book. You only read ten books. That's a I'm very hard on myself. It's a shame. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the other book that was a little bit disappointing was Blue Christmas. Mm. Um, So I didn't know that it was a, it was book three out of four, but I don't know that it mattered that much. Mm -hmm. And it, it came to conclusions that the reader didn't see. Oh, interesting. Um, Like in one instance, instance, she figures out who somebody is without any clues leading up to who Mm. that person is. I do remember you mentioning that. And I, that was weird. Um, I, other than that, it was really good. So yeah. like I gave it a three, five overall, I think, mm-hmm. but that kind of disappointed me a little bit because the story felt rushed in that spot. Like, mm-hmm. here's the person that, here's the big reveal that we never hinted at. Yeah. And so it, it, it didn't feel authentic. I understand. Um, uh, what had the best cover? Um, I might go with Binti, honestly. I mean, it, it's very stark, um, mm-hmm. and it's very... Well, and they look really good even out of the trilogy. Oh, yeah, Those are yeah. good covers out of the trilogy, yeah. too. The, the trilogy that I have, though, is very stark. The colors are very muted, mm-hmm. but it's, again, it's really bold looking. Mm-hmm. All the Heartstopper covers are pretty equal across the board. Like, they got that watercolor look mm-hmm. to them, and they're they're nice. They're great. But I, th- I think Binti, in terms of just, like, what I personally prefer, yeah. Mine is actually come November because in mm. the trees is that face, and I really like yeah. hidden images. Yeah, you had to point that out to me because I didn't even notice. Yeah, it. it's yeah. like a it's like a little grouping of trees, and then the shadow of the trees creates like the, a girl's face. It's yeah. really cool. I like it a lot. I, I like that one too. <laughs> um, the most emotion. Uh, that probably hit me with Heartstopper three. That's whenever they start getting into some of the self harm mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and whenever they first start referencing some of that, it really started to get to me a little bit. Um, but also, if we want to go with like a happy emotion or a surprised emotion, that was today reading Binti. Uh, there's like a <laughs> yeah. big reveal where they connect like the world that they're in to mm-hmm. like the world that we know because it is set part of it is set on Earth, mm-hmm. and uh, the way they did that, not super original, but. Still, still surprised impactful. me. Yeah, yeah, and it did definitely surprise me. The the shock was still original. Oh yeah. 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 Um mine was Iron Flame. Uh so 
my emotional emo- right now. No. Oh, okay. So I talked about how like I didn't really care about any of the characters. Mm-hmm. I don't think my emotion was sad. I think, I think I I think my emotion was not just based on the book. It took me a long time to read this because um, it. I knew it was the only one mm-hmm. that until uh, December next year. So that was part of it. And then also, there was a part at the end where I was shocked and I was upset. Mm. Um, but it also happened in a <laughs> book I've read before, the same yeah. kind of situation. It happens in Vampire Academy. Okay. Um, Weird. Yeah. Okay, I'm confused It's now. a similar situation. Okay. It's not exactly the same. That's confusing, but I think I get it. And then there... It took me a lot, a long time to read. There was parts where I got, I got mad mm-hmm. because, like, there's a guy in there who's a jerk, and he's like using his abuse, like he's abusing his power and his mm-hmm. authority over children. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're still children. Yeah. And he's an adult. Right. So yeah, that that's was, a big deal. That that's was a big the deal. Emotion. Yeah. And the last thing I have. Is uh, most surprising. Okay, I just Benty in general for me. I think because I didn't know what to expect from it. I mean, on paper it sounded like it was going to be right up my alley, but I did not expect to pick it up and read as much of it as I, I did. I'm shocked that yeah. you read it as that you're reading it as fast as. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's very fast, but like, I just didn't think that I was going to pick up one of the twelve books of Christmas until I had finished. Right. My like ten assigned books. I think I need something to break it up a little, but also like Binti, just like as deep as it goes, and the references that it has. For a novella, even just a series of novellas, Mm -hmm. it really does have a lot of content. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's my biggest one. Mine is the Twelve Days of Book Clubness, but I've already Mm -hmm. talked about why it was exciting. Yeah, um, and surprising because like I really. I didn't know what to expect. I understood that it was going to be like full size books, mm-hmm. but I didn't know the quality of the pages or the things that came with it. I didn't know that it was going to be like relevant books. Yeah. Um. I didn't. I I didn't know that anything of that would be good. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite things that I've, on a whim, signed up for. <laughs> right. It's good. Yeah. I think that's it. What, what was yours? Oh, you told me already. Yeah, yeah. So, normally to close off these episodes, we like to give a couple of random recommendations. These aren't necessarily book-related. Sometimes they are. But we just like to take things back out from the booky world to, like, you know... Real world. Everything else in the real world. Um, so, what kind of recommendations do you have? <laughs> I have one. Oh, okay. Go for it. <laughs> what do you got? I always have the weirdest things. You do, yeah. So my biggest recommendation is pay attention to the type of wrapping paper that you get so that you don't get two bundles of four wrapping papers each that all have glitter on them. Every single one. It's very specific. Had glitter. It's very specific, but yes. My house is glittered everywhere. Yeah. So is my family's house. My every house time, is too. Yeah. Every time we unwrapped. More glitter that's uh, just, everywhere. That's just Christmas. That's just what Christmas is. Also, don't get fully glittered paper because mm-hmm. you won't be able to tape it. Ooh, yeah. That's true. I had to 
put box tape all the way around Jordan's gift. Right. Because I couldn't tape it closed. And we will try to remind you of this next year. Yeah. Before Christmas. Right. That way you, you know, because you'll forget. For sure. <laughs> Gosh, I was so mad. Yeah. Right. Every single one I opened. Glitter. Yeah, same. Um, all right, I got two recommendations real quick. Kind of specific thing. Well, one specific one's general. Uh, Brewmate. <laughs> I got this, uh, well, both of us got one of these as a gift this year. Uh, it's like a little can holder thing, and it's also like doubles as like a thermos, mm-hmm. but it has like a little ice pack that goes in the bottom of it. It's B-R-U-M-A-T-E. Um, I've used mine like two or three times since I've gotten it on like two days ago or something <laughs> like that. got it, yeah, two days ago. It's just great. I love it. It, it makes the can larger, like the, what you hold is larger. It's hard to explain what this thing is, but it seals it off, keeps the can a drink cold, and also it makes it easier to hold it. I, I don't know how else and to explain it. And then if you it. didn't want to use a can, you take out the the ice the, pack, Yeah. You put, your, you put your drink in it, and then you use the locking lid, and it's a spill-proof locking lid. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, you could turn it upside down, and it won't leak. Yeah, it's great. It's so great. So, that's my first recommendation. Second one is just, in general, uh, pop culture cookbooks. Like, cookbooks <laughs> related to pop culture-related things. Uh, on one of our trips recently, we saw a bunch of these, and then you actually got me the Studio Ghibli one. That. Yeah, well, yeah. But um, the Studio Ghibli cookbook, um, these are great. Official or unofficial, yeah. I, I think they're just super interesting. I've already made two things out of this one since I got it one just a few good, days one ago. Was fine. Yeah, well, yeah, fine is uh, yeah. So if you're familiar with uh, Studio Ghibli Kiki's Delivery Service, I made the herring and uh, pumpkin, but I used butternut squash pie from that. It's okay. It's not great. I was proud of the crust. It looked amazing. It was really not as bad as you made it seem. No, it's just the bites with the fish taste awful to me. It's canned herring. Yeah. And if you've ever had sardines, it's just big sardines. Yeah, and I hate sardines, but I wanted to make it as traditional as possible. It's not my thing, but it looked pretty, pretty good in terms of like visual appearance. Um, And then the just replace the herring with like. Bacon. I'm just gonna leave that off because right? <laughs> the just the butternut squash with it was the, good with like onion and next time we should do a small good. version of it and do like actual in like a pie dish yeah yeah and we could just do a smaller version yeah it's really good um uh, so anyway there's that um and then also I made uh the just onigiri rice balls um with like some tuna in it those were good those are really good we had those today those are fantastic yeah I think that was the definitely the better of the two yeah but, well. We ate those. Right, yeah. <laughs> we didn't eat the herring pie. Well, it's still in the refrigerator. Who knows? You know, you might get a craving for it at 3 o'clock in the morning. Even and the cat didn't come into the kitchen. To look, we ought to talk about <laughs> My cat came running whenever I opened the tuna. I opened that herring. He so was nowhere to be we seen. we did fish last week. Yeah. I can't remember what kind. Oh, we did fish last week? I think so. I don't remember. Well, we did fish at some point, and he was... He came harassing running. us or it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, it was the salmon that we had in the leftovers that you had. Yes. Yeah, with the broccolini and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, we literally he just microwaved that and he came running. Yeah. And then today he the came tuna. running with the tuna, but yesterday with that herring he, he slept. Yeah, he, he was, did not budge. He was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, so 
Um, but anyway, I recommend those pop culture cookbooks. They have them for like D&D. They have them for like Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, uh, Harry Potter. Some of them are official. Some of them are unofficial. I, either way, I think they're great. You can find them at most bookstores. But if you enjoy cooking, which I, I'm trying to get more into it, um, I think it's You cooked that thing for like two and a half hours yesterday. What? The pie? Yeah. The prep time, the cooking was like 40 minutes or right. something. Right. Having to cut, cut a butternut squash. Yeah, I gashed up my hand, sort of. <laughs> bruised it up. But, all right. Offer something that we're not going to eat now. Look, I told you, 3 o'clock in the morning, you'll catch me hunkered over it with a spoon. You don't I think know. I would be concerned if at 3 o'clock in the morning you were hunkered over herring pie. Yeah, well, when you say it that way, it makes me sound like I lost my <laughs> like mind. a crazy person. All right. Like me in the middle of the night, handing you water or you something. Yeah, let's talk about that. In That's my so, sleep. It's hilarious. You're worried about my hydration. Clearly. Well, right. I guess that's it. Yeah, so... That's um, it for the year, guys. Yeah, we really appreciate everyone listening. This yeah. is at, this is the end of our... We haven't been doing this for a year straight, but this is the end of our first like year, quote-unquote, yeah. of doing this. Uh, we've enjoyed it a ton. We plan to keep doing it. Again, if you haven't listened to our um, awards episode... It's fun. It, it's very fun, the awards are. And also, we set our goals for next year, so we announce a lot of the books that we're going to be reading. So we've assigned each other 10 books. We chose a classic that we're going to read. We chose a book series we're going to read. And we chose five must-reads for ourselves. Um, we, we've done quite a bit. And then I posted on Facebook asking for recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I need 12. Right. So I set, uh, I set lofty goals for myself. Yeah. So if, if you want to know what we're reading next year and you want to maybe pick up some of these and read along with us, that's the way to do it because you'll know what we're reading. Um, and we will be back on January 1st, um, with our next episode in which we set our TBR for January, uh, We'll probably recap a little bit of our goals. Um, yeah, we just might like briefly. Yeah, I'd say. super and, brief. Yeah, um, but we'll we'll definitely set our goals for January. Uh, introduce that theme and just kind of you know uh, again just, just kick things off in the new year. So um, we really appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, follow us uh, on Podbean. Um, we're also on Instagram at TalkBookie. Um, we're on Spotify, Amazon. Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, again, Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts, as long as that lasts, I think it's going to be consolidated next year. Um, and then again, like I said, Podbean is where you can go. Um, Follow us on our Goodreads journey next year when we do reach our goals. Yeah. Um, I'm at goodreads.com backslash fee Marie, and mm-hmm. Aaron's at goodreads.com backslash atcole1400. Yep. Follow us. It's fun. We're going to be setting new goals. Well, we already talked about that in the. As the soon, I keep as well, checking but... every single day. As soon as Goodreads lets me. Yeah. I forget that they do it like day of. They do. Day yeah. one. I think it would be better if I could just do it now. Well, no, because I'm some an impatient are, person. People are finishing books. I might I, finish Binti yeah, by then, right. for all you know. You I know? might finish a book. Exactly. So, um, but thank you for listening. Uh, again, subscribe. Uh, send us an email at talkbookie at gmail.com if you want to give us some recommendations or some suggestions for the podcast. Um, we're hoping to kind of prep a little bit more next year, maybe shake things up, add a couple of new bonuses and stuff like that. Also probably like we'll probably have to change the way we do some things. 
Potentially, Just because, like, yeah. the first of the month episodes and the last of the month episodes feel a little similar. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we'll figure out something. We, we might shake but, things up a little. But but yeah. the point is, is that, you know, we're going to try to keep it fresh. And if you have recommendations, email us and let us know. Um, but definitely uh, keep listening, keep subscribing, reviewing, commenting, all that stuff. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will see. You guys will hear from us next year. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see you in the, in Happy the new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.